This episode is one of the deep dive modules that we run every single week for Propane Protocol members. Occasionally we like to post these out as podcasts so that we can share the love, but if you want full access to all of these inside our flagship program to optimize your physique, diet, mindset, habits, productivity, and much more, then join the Propane Protocol at propaneprotocol.com. Upgrade yourself. Looks like it has been a good week for you guys. Hopefully it's a good week for me and I don't get disconnected this time. Now, today's quote is very relevant to what we're covering. With complex rules, people adopt stupid behavior. With simple rules, people adopt intelligent behavior. This is by someone called D. Hock. Stupid name, didn't include it in the quote. So I'm sure you can think of examples about this in your job where the more stupid pissy little red tape and tick boxes and stuff that you have to do the more people actually adopt stupid behavior because they stop thinking and they just go through the pro forma and so actually sometimes giving simple rules creates dramatic results Hmm, that's familiar sounds like our slogan so hope everyone is doing okay um today we are covering some quick and dirty technique tips, some technique cues that you can use in your lifting. And uh, I hope that you can run through these and actually just try them all out. They're all very simple. um, And that is designed for a reason. Because when you are lifting, hope you like that uh, technique cues, absolute dad pun today. Um, Now, the reason for quick and dirty is that you don't want to be doing this when you are trying to lift. I'll get rid of the quote there. Um, you, you, there's already too much to think about. You just want a single piece of instruction that you can give your body and then everything else will fall into play. And that's why simpler cues are always better with this kind of thing. Also, before we start, I should mention that Gareth has posted a fantastic resource. Um, it's just a single image flowchart of how to hit your macros if you need carbs and fat. Or oh, today I need just protein but no no carbs or just fat and carbs but no whatever so i will post the link to that here nope there excellent right quick and dirty technique drill so i'm just going to run through lift by lift so for the squat beautiful picture of johnny there and he is executing that um cue very well and the cue is ball sack between the heels now, I've tried to use some ridiculous imagery in this uh, in this video to try and get this stuff to stick in your head. Um, often the sillier the image, the better. But actually, this cue works perfectly. And whether you're a man or a woman, put your ball sack between your heels. So a good drill to do this is, first of all, the potato sack squat. This is where you just take a plate or a kettlebell, hold it between your legs, and just let it pull you directly down. So try it now if you want. No one's uh, no one's watching you, and as long as your heels are on the floor and you're in a correct squat stance, which is toes turned out to maybe 15 to 30 degrees, not too much more than that, um, holding a plate or holding something heavy, just let your arms hang down and let it just pull you directly down, and you'll find that you just get into this beautiful, perfect squat position. As long as you can maintain your back angle, everything falls into place. The next step is to do it with a goblet squat. So that's where you transfer the weight up to here. So it's a little bit closer to where it would be when it's on your back. Perform the same movement, try and get that same line, and then take it to the next step, which is where you are doing it 
um, with a bar on your back. Next we have deadlift. So cue number one is orange under the armpit. I can't believe I found an image of an orange under someone's armpit, but there it is. So imagine that you're, you've got an orange there and you're just trying to squeeze it when you're setting up for the conventional deadlift. Now, um, this is a sumo deadlift, but it applies for both. Um, conventional deadlift is the one that people generally would go for to begin with, and I would recommend sticking with that unless you either have back problems or it causes you back pain or you're competitively powerlifting and the sumo deadlift is more suited to you. So the alternative to the orange, squeezing the orange, is shoulder blades in the back pockets. So that sometimes works better for some people. And the way to think about that is imagine you've got your scapula here or like on the back, I'm not flexible enough to reach, and you're just trying to put them back and down. So into your back pockets. So if I was to strip off, we don't want this to be happening. We want shoulders to be back and down and then everything's tightened up and you'll, you will feel your lats get engaged as well when you're doing that. Another cue for the deadlift, and this one changed my deadlift totally. It was fantastic. This is a guy called Derek Poundstone, and he talks about the aptly named sword in the stone technique. So this is the full video if you want to see. I'll post it in the comments. But what we want to be doing is think, how would you pick the sword out of the stone? You wouldn't have your legs too wide or your legs too narrow, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't have your legs straight. You would have a good power stance, legs bent to maybe um, nine, uh, 120 degrees or something, so like, like he's showing there, and you'd get your arms straight, you'd brace, and you'd use your whole body to try and get the, the sword out of the stone. And that's exactly what you want to do with the deadlift as well. If you're not used to picking swords out of stones, then think, how would you pick up shopping bags if they were on either side of you? And you would set up in a much more efficient position. People seem to do funky stuff when it comes to just there being a barbell there. It's no different to picking something up in the safest way that you can when it's an awkward object. Don't do this, though. When I searched sword in the stone, there's a bunch of weird, awkward ways that people are trying to get a sword out of a stone. Um, that's kind of oddly sexual as well. So I think um, just don't do what... I don't even know who that is. I thought it was Mickey Mouse, but it's clearly not. Um... Basically, don't do that. Next movement, similar to the deadlift, is the Romanian deadlift. And the two cues here, the key ones, are number one, slide it down your thighs. I'm sure most of us would like to slide something down her thighs. Um, and that was a terrible comment. I'm very sorry. So, <laughs> um, And also, bum to the back of the room. So if you're sliding it down your thighs, then at least it'll make you remember it now. So if you're sliding something down your thighs, then it means that the bar stays in contact with your body and the centre of gravity stays over your feet and not too far in front. If you allow the bar to stray out in front, it's going to put undue shearing pressure on your back and cause you some problems. Also think bum to the back of the room. So you want to really stretch that out. You will feel a big stretch in your hamstrings, but that is overall going to give you a perfect Romanian deadlift and it gives you this, this cue, this um, sensory feedback that allows you to do the movement without any problems. Hey, Johnny here. Just a really quick interruption to this episode to let you know about a resource we now have up and running on propinfitness.com. 
One of the most popular questions we get from readers and listeners is, hey guys, what would you recommend for my starting calories for fat loss or muscle gain? How much protein, carbs, fat? How many calories should I eat to begin my journey as a starting point? Normally, this is something that we do for clients when they come into our program, the Appropriate Protocol. But recently, we have opened up the calculator that we use for all of our clients so that you can get a free calculation, a free starting point of what we would recommend if you were to start as a client with us for your protein, carbs, fats, and calories overall for either fat loss or muscle gain, customized to you and your goal. If you want to get access to that, it is totally free. You just have to go to propanefitness.com forward slash calculator, enter your information, and we will send your macros and your calorie recommendations to that email address. And we'll also send you a few free resources over email just to pad that out and ensure that you have the best possible chances of reaching your goals in fat loss and muscle gain. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. Okay, all good so far. Connection seems to be holding up. I hope I'm not jinxed it there. Next is the bench press. So this is a weird picture of me from above, clean shaven, um, doing a bench press. Now, the two cues here are bend the bar, not with your mouth. Just imagine you're an old time strong man, you're trying to bend the bar. That will engage your lats. And the lats are actually more important in the bench press than you would think. And arguably more than your chest. Because if you're not using your lats at all, you're only going to be pressing from a very loose position. And you want to be tight and ready for that. Bum up. So the next cue is put your feet up on the end of the bench, get your bum up, and then put one leg down and then the other leg down. So that way you're able to get the tension on your back in the right place, all of the pressure on your upper back, you're able to get everything tight and then keep that tension while you get the legs down and you have your heels back slightly behind you so that you can really press from there. Remember what I say is that you can't shoot a cannon out of a canoe, or if you do, it's going to be very unstable. You want to be shooting a cannon out of a oil tanker. And so by doing this, you will be the oil tanker. You're going to be very stable and you'll be able to press a lot more weight. Notice here, Johnny has a big arch when he's doing the bench press. You don't have to arch that much. It depends on your goal for the bench press. If it's for chest development, have a moderate arch. If it's for powerlifting competition, have a big arch. Generally, though, we do want the same amount of tightness and tension there. And it, the key thing is being able to use your upper back and your lats as much as possible. The final cue is to row the bar towards you. Row, row, row the bar. So when you are in this position, <clears throat> imagine that you're actually trying to pull it in towards you while you're bending it. And you will feel the, your back light up. That is the sensation we're looking for. We want as much stability and as much tension in the upper back as you can when you're bench pressing. All good so far, guys. Next thing is direct arm work. So for any curls or rope push downs, remember to tuck the elbows in. So simple cue, but when the elbows start flaring out and becoming a bit of a mess, then we don't hit the target muscle group. So imagine when you're doing a rope push down, I'm gonna to switch to full screen. Here we are. There are people that kind of just do this and they're not, and then they're using their body and swinging and everything. Instead, tuck the elbows in. <clears throat> Here we go. Gun show. Tuck the elbows in. And then that's, that's how we want to be doing it. So that everything comes up to the sternum. The only thing that's moving is the elbow joint. Everything else, the shoulder, everything upwards from there is completely stable. Hopefully that makes sense. 
Um, I've not I've not kicked anyone off the live stream yet, so um, clearly my terribly misogynistic comments have uh, have gone under the radar. So next thing is chess supported row. It's all for the sake of learning. Now with the chess supported row, um, this is how I would typically set up for a barbell chess supported row. It's one of my favourite movements, and we want to be thinking of two things: pull the stomach. Don't pull the stomach. Pull to the stomach or pull to the nipples. Whichever one you find suits your arm length more. I find pulling to the nipples is better for me. Someone who's a lot longer might find the stomach is more appropriate for them. But you need to play around with it. Um, the good thing about chest-supported row is that it gives you this point where, you you know, if you hit the bench with the bar, that's a complete rep. If you don't manage to hit the rep, the, the, the bench, then you've not completed the rep. So it gives you a very strict criteria for whether you've done it or not. And there's less scope for cheating and doing partial reps until eventually you're not really doing proper reps at all. The other thing, and this is a problem that I remember Mike uh, mentioned recently, is that he says he struggles to feel his lats in the movement. The solution to that is to lead with the elbows. So when you're pulling from the elbows, and you can do this now as well, put one hand on your lat if you can reach, um, so like this, and then put the other hand as if you're setting up for a row. If you pull with the hand, this is going to happen. Watch my shoulder. See how the shoulder's collapsing forward. Whereas if you pull with the elbow, the shoulder retracts and everything stays tight and you will really feel a difference there. I hammer on about this because mind-muscle connection, especially for the muscles that you can't see, is so important to be able to get some development in those muscle groups. Right. Pull-ups. So similar to the chest-supported row, we want to think of pulling with the elbows. The best way to do this for a pull-up, because it's a bit more, it just feels different to do it overhead, is to think chest to bar. I don't like the term chin-ups because people think, lead with the chin, and then all that happens is they collapse again. So imagine I'm doing a chin-up and I'm trying to lead with my chin and I end up like doing some weird kipping thing or my elbows flare out or shoulders come forward. So instead, if you think chest up, then this angle stays exactly the same. And then I'm trying to get chest up to the bar. It doesn't have to necessarily touch the bar because that's quite hard. But as long as that's what you're aiming for, everything in your position is going to be right. And it'll look a little bit more like this. Same thing applies to pull downs as well. Notice that position compared to a kind of collapsed upper back position. All right, final one is reverse crunches. And I am very relieved that the connection is held up. I was on the phone to Virgin last week, like, fuck's sake, like there's just one time that I need a consistent connection for 20 minutes per week. And it's now and it cuts out. So can you tell I'm pretty angry about it still? So reverse crunches, um, we have this. So um, Eric Cressy has his athlete putting a foam roller under his bum and ankles, which is uh, another way to, to keep that angle the same with your legs. But the main cue that I like to use is spill the bowl. So when we look back at this, you can see here that um, his lumbar spine is in a rounded position. So normally we'd say don't round the lumbar spine when you're under load, but with a reverse crunch, we want to keep it in either a neutral or a rounded position, not in extension. We don't want to arch the back. And the way to think of that is think of your pelvis as a bowl and you want to spill the bowl towards your belly. So your pelvis is a bowl of cereal. You want milk all over your belly. So you've got to then 
tip it towards you like that. So think, spill the bowl. Hopefully these uh, weird and wonderful cues have helped. I think the weirder the better. So remember, just to recap, we don't want to be doing this while we're lifting. So think, balls out between the heels, orange under the armpit, sword in the stone, slide down her thighs, bend the bar, bum up, tuck the elbows in, lead with the elbows, pull to the nipples and stomach, chest to bar, and spill the bowl. All right, guys. Hope that was useful for you all, and I will hang around for another couple of seconds if anyone has any questions, um, any particular movements that you are struggling with um, that you want to go over. No. Victoria, so you've liked that uh, help what do I eat macro chart. It is very useful indeed. Um, All right, guys, let's leave it there. It has been lovely and I will chat to you all next week. Hey, Johnny again. Hope you enjoyed that episode. So we have an opportunity for you, something that we have put together that is totally free, that is a synthesis of everything that Yusuf and I have learned in fat loss, muscle gain, nutrition, training, lifestyle, habits, the works. Everything that you hear on these podcasts, condensed and more, condensed into a synthesis of seven days of learning and immersive experience to totally overhaul, enhance, and accelerate the results you're getting currently in your training and your nutrition, no matter how advanced you are or aren't. We put together a virtual learning interactive coaching experience called the seven day kickstart that you can take part in whenever you're ready to. To join, simply go propinfitness.com forward slash seven day kickstart. Enter your details and you'll be sent everything that you need. You'll be coached by the Propin Fitness coaching team over seven days for free. You'll get seven days of content sent to your email completely for free. And it gives you a look behind the scenes of what we do with clients and gives you a ton of information that previously was only available to paying clients inside of our world. So propinfitness.com forward slash seven day kickstart to take part. And we hope to see you inside. See you in the next episode. Speak soon.